I started last Sunday to talk to you on the subject of deliverance. I made some very important but bold statements last Sunday in this series on deliverance. Some very unpopular but very bold statements that I made. Number one, I said, there is nothing like a deliverance ministry. People are carving out a niche for themselves. You look at some ministries, they refer to themselves as healing ministries. And some intercessory ministry and some deliverance ministry. But I made it very clear. Based on God's word in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. And Acts chapter 6 and verse 2. That the only ministry we have is the ministry of the word. So God can use you in deliverance and God can use you in healings and God can use you in prayer. But that does not mean it's a ministry of healing or ministry of deliverance or ministry of intercession. The only ministry we have in the church, in the body of Christ, is the ministry of the word. Because a lot of people do not understand this. That is why we see the abuse and, and the misuse of the gift in a lot of places today. A lot of people would come up and they would not even preach. They would not teach. And they just think they can just step over and begin to demonstrate. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, he, he taught them and he preached to them and he demonstrated. There is the preaching and the teaching of the word. And that's the ministry that has been given to us. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. Come on now say amen. In Acts chapter 6. We understand that there was a complaint made. And some people said. Well our women are left out in the daily distribution of supply. And the apostles got together. And they said to the church. It is not proper for us to leave the ministry of the word and prayer to serve tables. So the ministry that we have is the ministry of the word. The Bible even talks about the ministry of reconciliation, which is really a ministry of the word. Because how can they hear except there is a what? Preacher. How can they hear except there is a what? Preacher. So when we carry this ministry of reconciliation to the world... We start out by preaching the gospel, and that is what the Holy Spirit uses to bring them to salvation. Can someone say amen? amen. So say it with me. We have the ministry, have the ministry. Of, the word. of the Word. Can someone say amen? amen? So I made that very clear. I don't want to go back into that. You can go listen to my last week's message. That is basically part one on the subject of deliverance. We have the ministry of the Word, not a ministry of deliverance, not a ministry of intercession, not a ministry of healing, no matter what you want to call your ministry, it should ultimately be the ministry of the word. Come on, say amen. amen. Everything must be built upon the word. Everything must come out from the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? Faith don't come by miracles. Faith come by the word. Come on now, say amen. amen. Faith don't come by prophecy. Faith comes by the word. Come on now, say amen. amen. And also, I use the word perpetrate. If you heard me clearly last week, I used the word perpetrate. Really, the word perpetrate should be using when there is a crime that has occurred. And to be honest with you, a crime has happened. A crime has been perpetrated against believers by some deliverance ministries. 
The crime has happened, and people perpetrate this crime. The way the deliverance, uh, some, not all, the way, because there are some that are sincerely ministering uh, deliverance to people, but, but there are some that's using this as a big money-making machine today. I'm not kidding you now. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And if people are just caught up in this, in this vicious cycle of deliverance, after deliverance, and every week and every month, deliverance, then my question is, when are you going to be free? You can't be going through deliverance, after deliverance, after deliverance, after deliverance. Listen, if you've gone through deliverance, then you should be free. You listen to the way some people pray. It's all about what their witch mother is doing in the village. It's all about what their wicked uncle is doing in there. It's all about what the devil does. And this, this thing has been perpetrated. I'll say it again. <laughs> because it's a crime. It's a crime. And uh, it needs to stop. It needs to stop. And then, then so you have some people that are still really perpetuating this, this, now use a different word, perpetuate. They're still carrying on with this. And I'm going to show you that a believer in Christ shouldn't be going through deliverance. And I said that last week, and that's one of the major things that I said. That's one of the things that I said that goes against the norm. I am, in this message, I am swimming against the current. And it takes a fish that's alive to swim against the current. Every dead fish can flow down the, with, with the stream. But it takes a fish that's alive to swim against the current. And that's what I'm doing. I know this is not popular. I know this is unacceptable in so many places. But I'm going to preach it because it is the truth of the word of God. Come on, say Amen. A Christian, I said a Christian shouldn't be going through deliverance because a Christian does not need deliverance. Notice what I said. A Christian does not need deliverance. You know why? Because a Christian was delivered. And let me qualify what I mean. When one gives his life to Jesus, the complete work of Christ takes effect in his life immediately. Let me say that again. When one gives his life to Jesus, the complete, I want to say complete. complete. How many of you here believe with an uplifted hand you can say, the work that Jesus did was complete? How many of you here with an uplifted hand would say, the work Jesus did was not complete, so we have to complete it? So when someone gives his life to Jesus, the complete work of Christ takes effect. In his our life, the very moment. Yes, I know he has to grow in this knowledge. But the truth of the matter is the finished work of Christ kicks in the moment one gives his life to Jesus. The finished work of Christ kicks in the moment one gives his life to Christ. The finished work of Christ kicks in the moment one gives his life to Christ. Yes, you grow in it. Yes, you, you, you actually 
begin to understand it. But that does not change the fact that what Jesus did on Calvary is going to be made manifest in your life the moment you give your heart to Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen? So please allow me to qualify this when I say a Christian shouldn't be going through deliverance because a Christian does not need it. Because a Christian was delivered. A Christian was delivered. When you gave your life to Jesus, you were delivered. Now, Pastor God, but I don't realize it. You don't even know the struggles that I'm going through. That does not mean you've not been delivered. You, you, are, not a, you are not a Christian looking for deliverance. You're a Christian who was delivered fighting off the attack of the enemy. <laughs> Is that, can someone understand what I'm saying? You are not a Christian looking for deliverance. You are a Christian who was delivered fighting off the attack of the enemy. The fact that we have been delivered does not mean the enemy does not try to attack. But we can always push his attack off. Resist the devil. Pardon? And he'll flee from you. Come on now, say amen. amen. So we, we, we are not looking to be delivered because we were delivered. I'm teaching now. And I pray the Holy Spirit will breathe these things into your heart. Because it's important that we come to terms with the truth of the word of God. Yeah. We will not go by popular opinion. This is not what your former prophet preached. This is not, no, listen, this is not what your former apostle preached. He was taking you through deliverance after deliverance. And my God, you look at some people, they go from deliverance after deliverance and they still look like, they actually look worse than they were before they went through deliverance. So this goes against a lot of things that people believe, but I'm, going to, I'm showing you based on the word of God. So can someone say amen? amen? So a Christian is one who was delivered and not one needing deliverance. Now if he still needs deliverance, then it means he is not delivered yet. There is a difference between deliverance and walking in your and working your way towards the full realization of your new creation benefits. Should I read that again? There's a difference between deliverance and working your way towards the full realization of your new creation benefits. How many of you know that as a new creature in Christ, you have benefits? But no, not everyone understands the benefits yet. But that does not mean that you have not been delivered. You were delivered. You're walking your way to the realization of the new creation benefits that you have in Christ. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. The work Jesus did was complete. And when you accepted the work, the complete work of Christ, he set you free totally. Say to three people, I am free. Now, I'm going to read some, something here in Romans chapter 5, if you, would, if you would turn there with me. Romans chapter 5, we're going to read from verse, 12, verse 18. Romans 5, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, and you're going to love it. Romans chapter 5, from verse 12. It says, when Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Is that correct? 
sin entered human experience and death was the result. What was the result of the sin of Adam? Death. Now death here does not just mean physical death. In actual fact here, death here means separation from the very life of God. That's what the death here means. So when Adam allowed sin into the human race, man was separated from the life of God. Can we understand that? Is that correct? So death was the result of the sin of Adam. And he goes further to say, and so death followed this sin. Casting its shadow over all humanity because all have sinned. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law, but it was not charged against them where no law existed. Yet death reigned as king. Death reigned as what? King. king. So it means that death had authority. Death had dominion over the human race. Is that correct? And that means you and I. Correct? Because of the sin of who? Adam. Adam, of course, being the first man, right? Okay, good. So death reigned as king from Adam to Moses, even though they hadn't broken a command the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah. Say that with me. The first man, Adam, was a type of Jesus. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah or a type of the Messiah. Is that correct? So in place of Adam, we can put Christ. Do you understand that? So Adam, a picture of the Messiah, who was to come? Now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience. For the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. It's true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus, the Messiah, did for us. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. Okay. What was given to us when Adam sinned? Death. So when we look at the word death, we're talking about separation from the very life of God. Now, when man was separated from the life of God, curses came. Bondage came. Depression came. Sickness came. Everything that the kingdom of darkness had to offer, we couldn't resist. Why? Why? Because death reigned over us as king. And the Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power, there is authority. So we could not resist all that the devil threw at us. We were slaves. We were not free. We were bound. Everything that witches and wizards did toward us worked. Everything the demonic did toward us 
worked. Why? Because we were slaves to the devil. Death reigned over each of us as a king. Can someone say amen? amen. Now, are you getting this? Because here is what I'm trying to show to you. And if these verses that I'm reading to you do not clear this whole thing up, I wonder what will. Because what we preach will determine what you believe. Many have been brainwashed to think that the devil has them bound. When in reality, they were set free. But as the man thinks, so is the man. You can't get a man to live beyond what he believes. You can't get a man to live above what he thinks. You are bound by the way you think. You are bound by the things you believe. That's why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Because what you hear will determine the course of your life. What I'm trying to do with this message on deliverance is to show you the true condition and the true position of a child of God. And when you realize the true position and the true condition of a child of God, it changes everything about you. The enemy will fight hard to make sure you don't realize who you are. And if you stay clueless and ignorant of who you truly are as a child of God, the devil will rob you blind. Your father may be the wealthiest man in town, but if you don't know who he is, you keep paying rent. No prayer can change that. You can bind demons all you, all you want. It's not going to change it. All you need to do is realize your father is a wealthy man. He has this estate. Walk into it and take advantage of what has been given to you. But the fact that your father has all those things does not mean you will enjoy it. If you are ignorant. Come on now, say amen. amen. So many ignorant people because of the way this has been perpetuated, because of the way this has been preached. That's why I can go ahead and still use the word perpetrate because it's a crime. It's a fraud. It's evil that's being done to believers. Especially coming from the place we come from. Devils everywhere. Devils under the chair. Sometimes these things are not caused by devils. They, are just, they just happen because you did not apply common sense. Yes. Some of the things we blame on the devil is nothing but Galatians chapter 5 and verse 20, 22. The works of the flesh. Come on now, say amen. amen. The devil did this to me. The devil did that to me. No, you did it to yourself. A man of God was telling the story. He said, Lord... Show me the devil that's attacking my finance. The Lord said, go and stand in the mirror. In front of the mirror. So he goes and stands in front of the mirror. And he sees the devil. We, people make dumb decisions and they blame it on the devil. Come on now. Where are verses like the evil one who cannot touch you? Where are those verses? I said, where are those verses like the evil one cannot touch you? Where are verses like 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4? Ye have overcome them, little children. For greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 
Come on now, say amen. amen. Where are verses like 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4? Huh? For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. Where are they? Huh? Where, where are they? No, no. We want to, oh, they want to show you verses in the Old Covenant. The sin of your father and the evil your father did is over you. But even in the Old Covenant, God himself came at one time and said, I will require from the father the sin that he has done. I will not put the sin of the father upon the son. For the soul that sinned, he shall die. It is the soul that sinned that shall die. And if you come up here with this, well, the curse is unto, unto the fourth generation. Then I'll come up with the blessing is unto a thousand generation. Come on now, say amen. Now, if you read that in Exodus 20, the curse is unto the fourth generation of those that hate me. But I don't hate him. So why should I be under a curse now? Except you hate him, then I don't know. But I don't hate the Lord. I love the Lord with all my heart. The curse is unto a fourth generation of those that hate the Lord. The blessing is unto a thousand generation of those that love the Lord. Amen. And I love him. I love him. I love him. Come on now, say amen. amen. And because I love him, I'm blessed. I walk around blessed. I carry myself blessed. I have a blessed mentality. I don't have a, a curse mentality. Come on now, say amen. amen. How can we be blessed and go, how can we be cursed and go set the nations free? How can we be bound looking for deliverance and carry deliverance to those that are bound? You can't be trying to help somebody that's in a well if you are in a well. Come out of the well first before you help somebody else. Preaching good now, say amen. Amen. So let, let's see, look at this. This is a breakdown of how it all happened. God created man. God gave man dominion. I want to say dominion. dominion. Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the birds of the air, over the fish of the sea, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God made man in his own image, and in his own image created he him. Male and female created he them. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. So God created man in his own image. In other words, I am like God. And the Lord blessed them. The Lord did what? Did he curse them? No. The Lord blessed them. The word bless is to empower the, Lord, the word blesses to empower, to lift up, to enable, to rule, and to reign. So the Lord blessed Adam and Eve. Not just Adam, but Eve was blessed too. Come on now, say amen. amen. Okay, if men are not excited, let me preach to women. The Lord blessed Eve also. Women are blessed. Amen. Come on, say amen. So this is how it all happened. So the Lord blessed them and the Lord gave them dominion. And the Lord told them to replenish the earth. To subdue it. 
to enjoy the resources that God has placed upon the earth. Is that true? Now something went wrong. Satan showed up and caused man to exchange his position with him. Do you understand that? So when man exchanged, people call it high treason. When man exchanges position with Satan, Satan from that moment exercised dominion over man from that day. Now man is beneath the devil. Do you hear me? Man is beneath the devil. From the moment that exchange took place, man gave his authority to the devil. And the devil began to exercise his authority over man. That's why you see what the Bible is saying here. That death reigned. Everyone say death. Death reigned over all men. But Jesus showed up. Tells three people, Jesus showed up. Now, this is how simple I'm going to break this down. And if this does not help you get free from this whole curse mentality, I really don't know what will. I don't have all the time in the world to preach a long message, but this is how I'm going to break this down. So Jesus came and Jesus redeemed men from that falling state. And Jesus restored men back. Jesus restored men back. Jesus restored. He redeemed. The word redeem means to buy back. How did he buy us back? By his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. He bought us back. And when he bought us back, he put us back in authority. If you believe that the devil would undo God's original plan, you must be smoking a very bad thing. (laughs) God's original plan for man is to dominate. That will never change. If you think the devil has messed that up with Adam, and God's just going to sit up there and don't care about taking it back, then... You have something else that you must, you must have smoked before you came to church today. <laughs> no. God came as Jesus, as a man, and defeated the devil as a man. Amen. That's why, you see, it says there, we read, it says Adam is what? Like, like the Messiah, like the Christ, like the anointed one. Adam is like. In other words, what Adam failed to do, Jesus came to restore. What Adam lost, Jesus got back. Where Adam was defeated, Jesus came and defeated the devil. Come on now, say amen. Amen. And you know what happened? The moment he defeated the devil, he took man back to himself and he put man back in the original plan. Man has been put back in God's original plan. In Christ. Outside Christ, you are bound. Outside Christ, you you can be possessed with all kinds of spirits. But in Christ, you are free. Now, all that the devil offered us when we were still in the kingdom of darkness. 
Jesus brought us out from. And now in the kingdom of God, there is no curse. There is no bondage. Now, but pastor, God will, but I don't sleep well at night. Because you don't realize who you are yet. Because you opened the door to the enemy. But when you know who you are, when you know the benefits that you possess, great and precious promises that we have. The blood of Jesus that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. Come on now, say amen. amen. Do you know, do you know that as we speak, there is a present day ministry of Jesus? You know what the ministry is? Interceding bef before the Father on the behalf of the church. And here the church is running weak and wimpy. And running, uh, the devil is after me. I'm bound. My father's father's curse is upon my life. Yeah, you believe that nonsense. That's why you carry that nonsense. Your faith will attract something. Your faith will attract something. I'm trying to preach to you here in such a way where your faith will attract freedom and liberty that's already given to you in Christ. Because you've allowed some of this nonsense to latch on you, to stay on you, and to you believed it. You wonder why you can't sleep well. Why will you sleep well if you... You know, some people just think about the devil all the time. In the, listen, in their prayer time, they spend more time with the devil. They talk more about the devil than they talk about Jesus, than they talk about the Holy Ghost. So Jesus came and redeemed, except you are not born again, then the enemy still has authority over you. But if you are born again, the enemy does not have authority over you. You know what it says in Colossians? My God, I read Colossians 1.13. It, it exploded in my spirit. And since that day, I couldn't think contrary to Colossians 1.13. You can read it on your own. Colossians 1.13. Go open it. Colossians 1.13. And I've been speaking that over my life. And I've been carrying myself like Colossians 1.13 says. He hath delivered us from the power of darkness. He hath delivered us from the power. Everyone said the power, power. of darkness. Okay. And he hath translated us into the kingdom. Of the son of his love. See. Listen now. The word power here. Is the same Greek word. Used in John chapter 1 and verse 12. Where in John chapter 1 verse 12 he says. And he came unto his own. And his own did not receive him. But to as many as received him. To them he gave what? Power to be what? 
sons of God. The word there is exousia. It means right. It means authority. So when we read Colossians 1.13 and it says he had delivered us from the exousia, from the authority, from the power, from the dominion of darkness. What does it mean? It means that the kingdom of darkness has no dominion, no authority of any kind over the believer. Now, this is a kingdom. Look at me now. Look at me. Here is a kingdom. This is a kingdom. Can I have two of you come, please? Both of you come. Stand here. You know, stand face them. Gloria, can you come? Stand with them. These are all in the, they, are, they are all in the kingdom of darkness right now. Okay. Now, now, don't laugh now. I'm going to put you in the kingdom now if you laugh too much. Who's still laughing? Join the kingdom. Now, 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 now watch this. The kingdom of darkness, or we can say the domain. The domain. Everyone say domain. domain. In a domain, there is dominion, and there is someone who dominates the people. Now, who is that person? Let me get, let me get somebody. <laughs> Sam, come. <laughs> Sam knows how to act this stuff. So Sam has, has dominion in this kingdom because Sam now is, is Satan. <laughs> in this No, 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 listen. You guys are, you guys are. He can handle this, right? Okay, good. Now, come. Sam, go over there to the back, the back. Go to their back. Go, go behind them. Now, here is... Yeah. See. Now, now notice, notice. So, he, he has them under his what? Con good control. Okay? Because that's what the word power... That, what the word power there in Colossians 1, 13 means control. Alright? So, he has them under his control... Now, these guys can't do nothing about their lives. They have no liberty, no freedom of their own, just like the Israelites in Egypt. Because if you look at biblical terms, Egypt means what? <coughs> Egypt is a symbol of the world, right? Satan, uh, Pharaoh is a is symbol to who? Yes, Satan. Is that correct? Israel is a symbol of what? Church. Okay. So, you see these ones created in the image of God. But now, because of what Adam did, they are now in bondage and bondage of the devil. Right? So the enemy has them in bondage. There's nothing they can do. They can't fight back. They can't resist. They have no authority. They've lost it because they gave it to Satan. Right? Where's Jesus? Who wants it? You want to be... <laughs> now I'm going to be Jesus. <laughs> Let me be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Come and be Jesus. Come and be Jesus. Yeah, I know you guys are laughing because I don't think it looks like Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I picked him on purpose to offend the religious. So you will be Jesus right now. Is that okay? Do we have a deal? You'll be Jesus. Okay. Now, Jesus, Jesus is about to, yeah, see? <laughs> now, Jesus, Jesus, 
Now, Jesus has a kingdom. The kingdom of Jesus is known as the kingdom of light. The kingdom of the devil is known as the kingdom of what? Darkness. Now, there in that kingdom are curses, sickness, bondage, depression. <laughs> everything, everything negative is in that kingdom. Then the kingdom is poverty. Name it. Whatever you can name. Whatever evil, negative, just name it. It's all there. None of them is here. Here, no poverty. Here, no depression. Here, no bondage. Here, here no curse. Here, nothing. Okay? You get that? And there are no demons in this group, in this area here. Okay? So he, Jesus, goes into the kingdom of darkness. Right? And what he does is he strips Satan of his power over these ones by removing them out. Grab them by the hand and move them over there. Over. <laughs> the, the next one. The next one. Okay. Now. Now. I like the fact that he's alone because we know we, we say that the devil will go to hell by himself. So, um, so now he brought them out of what? Darkness. And he moved them over to where? His kingdom. Now that they are in his kingdom, they are free. Notice when he brought them out, he did not bring them out with sickness. He didn't bring them out with a curse. He didn't bring them out with their generational whatever. He didn't bring them out with their family bloodline. He brought them out. <laughs> Look at what the Bible says in the book of Psalms concerning the people of Israel. He brought them out with silver and gold. And there was not one weak person among their tribes. When he brought them out of Egypt. Symbolic to the church. He brought them out with gold and silver, and not one was sick. Because when he stripped Lucifer, when he stripped Pharaoh, when he stripped the devil of power over these ones, it was a perfect job. Amen. Now, the devil does not come into the kingdom of God... To torment these ones. Because. He has. No right to do that. He had the right. And he exercised it for years. But now he doesn't. The right. Over these ones now. Is Jesus. Yeah. If. What I just illustrated does not help you see where you are as a child of God. I can help you. This is your position. But next week I'm going to show you why is it that these ones here can still be oppressed. Is it possible? Yes. But I'll show you why. Why would they need deliverance? If they would need deliverance, I'll show you why. There are about five reasons that I'm going to give you. 
But if they don't do the things that I'm going to show you next week, they don't need deliverance. Because they keep themselves in the love of God. And if you keep yourself in the love of God, the wicked one cannot touch you. There is a problem with what we have heard. And we're going to fix it. And that's what I'm endeavoring to do. What we believe will determine how we live. What we believe will determine the outcome of our lives. And we've believed lies for too long. And it's time to believe the truth. Except you want to say to me, you tell me today, Pastor Godwell, I don't believe this thing. When he came to deliver me, yes, he did deliver me, but he delivered only my spirit. Because that's what some people say. He only brought my spirit out. No, I'm still bound. My body is still bound. My mind is still... Look. When he delivered you, he delivered you totally. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. The work was complete. Amen. You will grow in the realization of what you have in this kingdom. That is the reason why, listen to what I'm about to say. Realizing who you are as a believer in Christ should be your ultimate um, pursuit. Because it's in the realization of who you are and what you possess that will determine the way you live your life, even in this kingdom. Can someone say amen? amen? And there are two chapters in the Bible that will help you with that. It's the book of Ephesians, chapters 1 and 2. Just read those verses. Read those chapters. And it will show you your position. It will show you what you possess. And it will show you that you are no more bound by the kingdom of darkness. You are free. If you have given your heart to Jesus. Now. What should I do with you? Of course, this 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 is just an illustration. Amen. But there are some of you sitting here this afternoon. And what you are seeing today is basically an illustrated message of how the Lord brings us out or how he has brought us out. I know when he brought me out. I can tell you the day he brought me out. I can tell you how he brought me out. But over the years, I've had to learn that, look, I'm no more living there. I'm living here. Thoughts come. What about that? What about? No. I'm no more living here. I am living here. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So I've got to renew my mind. And I'm still in the process. I'm not here to tell you I have arrived. I'm still working hard on renewing my mind. Everyone has to do that. Everyone needs to do that. We're still going from glory to glory. Like it says that as we behold like in the mirror, the word of God, we are being changed from glory unto glory. Come on, say amen. Because the word of God reveals to us our position and our benefits. And the more we understand what our position is and what our benefits are, the more the devil runs away because he, he can't touch us. He can't touch us. So today you're sitting over there. You know you've not been moved over to the kingdom of God. You have all this bondage in your life because you are still living in the kingdom of darkness. But today God wants you to move. And the only way you can move is by accepting the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me all my sin. And he's going to move you. 
And the moment he moves you, your life will never ever be the same again. Listen to me. For, for those of you who are new today, you should be glad you're, you're hearing this. Because to be honest with you, I didn't hear this for a very long time. I did not know. I didn't even have a clue of this stuff. Because we were raised in such a way where we thought of the devil most of the time. But I'm glad that I'm, I'm, I'm getting an understanding and revelation of this. And I'm trying to help you with this stuff. Can someone say amen? amen. Thank you guys. So you've never given your heart to Jesus and you know you should. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray with you. Amen. One of the things you will notice, even with the communion table, is this. The Bible says Satan entered Jesus at the communion. I mean, Satan entered uh, Judas. I apologize. Satan entered Judas at the communion table. Satan entered Judas at the communion table. The man's heart was never right. Even though he was hanging out with Jesus, his heart was never right. Go study your Bible. Not one time did Judas refer to Jesus as Lord. He always referred to Jesus as Rabbi. Jesus was only Rabbi to him. Teacher. Never Lord. For some people, they come to church. Jesus is this great man. Who does miracles and who helps the poor and who supports them when they need him. But Jesus is never their Lord. Stop calling me Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I tell you. The Lordship of Jesus Christ needs to be accepted today. Come on now, say amen. amen. 